This is Channel 4 Radio. Previously on Lost. Two players, two sides. One is light, one is dark. Do you want to know a secret? With everything that happened, for a reason. Live together. You are able to receive this message through advanced data encoding. By the Hansel Foundation. Scramble. Avoid discovery. You will receive this message. There is great danger. Time is limited. Transmission. Welcome to UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio and to a very special show. On the 22nd of September 2004, Flight 815 crashed onto the Lost Island and we finally know why. I'm Ian Lee and with the help of my army of seven panellists, I'll be your tour guide, minus the raised umbrella of course, through every second of the double episode finale. We'll also be revealing the winner of the big Lost Prize bunker and my final version of the astonishingly astute super brain computer theory. So waste no time and come down into the hatch with me as we bring you a specially extended UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio. We've got a whole heap of people here today. We've got Nikki, Paul, Tom, Janine, Joe, Andy and Sasha. Hello! Hello! Let's try and do this one at a time. Paul, your reaction uh, to the finale, please. Arctic, strange man who looks really like Jack. Phone calls, blowing up ultraviolet sky. I'm freaking out. It's fantastic. Uh, Joe, what did you make of, uh, of the double special? Amazing. Big feet with photos. Desmond back. He's great. Uh, Andy, are you going to be the first person able to construct a full sentence? I'm going to try. Have a go. What did you reckon to it? I think, in a way, it raised a lot more questions than it answered, mm. but uh, that's all good for Series 3, I think. Nikki, what did you make of it? I loved it. I like the fact that Michael's gone because he's, I find him a little bit annoying. <laughs> I like the fact that Libby could possibly be evil from the part where she sold the boat or gave the boat yeah. to Desmond. And I liked it in general. Looking forward to Season 3. Well, well done. Well, well done, you. Uh, Janine, what did you think? I feel a bit tired, actually, after watching it. Um, there's too much to think about, but I was all tripping along quite fine until the bit at the end with the phone call. What oh, was that all about? Fine. We'll get to that properly in a little bit. Uh, Sasha, what did you make of, uh, of the finale? I thought it was great, but I feel really confused now. Mm. I think it just brought up so many questions, and what's the whole thing with Penny Widmore? And <laughs> Alan Dale out of Neighbours, my God. Uh, and, and, and sitting next to me for the first time, it's Geeky Tom. You all right? Yeah, fine. What did you make of it? TV gold. Bang after bang of twists. And what I love most about it, no super brain computer inside. Now that's coming up in Series 3. Yeah. OK, let's get straight down to it. The sailboat that we saw at the end of the last episode. Did anyone guess that Desmond was going to be in there? No. No, but I'm glad he was. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of glad he was. I didn't like Desmond to start with. I found him very irritating in the first few episodes, but fantastic in these. Desmond is back, and as you can hear from this clip, Jack asked the question on all our lips. So... Well, you ran off. I guess you just forgot to mention that you still have a sailboat. Why'd you come back? <laughs> Do you think I did it on purpose? I was sailing for two and a half weeks. They're in due west and making nine knots. I should have been in Fiji in less than a week. But the first piece of land I saw wasn't Fiji, was it? No. No, it was here, this, this island. And you know why? Because this is it. This is all there is left. This ocean and this place here we are stuck in a bloody snow globe there's no outside world there's no escape but why do you think he didn't reach fiji he was saying about sailing west but i imagine his compass wouldn't work anyway would it well yeah the, the compass on the island has always been a little bit awry and, and side was saying way back in season one that it doesn't work north not the proper north but then he talked about snow globe and there's all this thing about the old, the electromagnetism so maybe there's some kind of weird force fieldy thingy where boats can't actually pull away from the island or well, something like that exactly because nicky he's a sailor he can navigate via the stars. 
Well, obviously, he's not navigating by the stars, and I think there's also a whole lot of alcohol involved. Yeah, he's pretty boozed up, wasn't he? But he would have got boozed up, Tom, surely, when he got depressed and realised he could never escape the pull of the island. We do see him um, trying to commit suicide with his bottles of uh, whiskey, and it looks like he started the downward spiral through alcohol. He's not, he's not an alcoholic, for God's sake. <laughs> you're talking about a bit that comes up a bit later on, we'll yeah, discuss but... probably later, but he then gets inspired by the letter from that... Posh girl. Yeah, but we don't see him put down the bottle. He probably picks it up again. Uh, Joe, do you, do you reckon that uh, Desmond is, uh, as, as Tom thinks, an alcoholic? Not quite. No, he's... He, what, he wasn't drunk when they found him at the start, was he? He's just Scottish. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> racist, but you could say... I can say that because I'm Scottish. I said it, I'd be taken to a tribunal. <laughs> and kicked in by the Scots. So, we finally get to learn a whole lot more about Desmond through flashbacks. We first see him leaving prison, having been dishonourably discharged from the army. And Jim Robinson from Neighbours is there to meet him. Although, it's, apparently it's not Jim Robinson, he's called Charles Widmore. He keeps popping up everything. He was in 24, this guy. Are, yeah. The OC, which I believe was very popular with the kids. Uh, now, Widmore, son's pregnant test is from Widmore. The logo on the real Henry Gale's hot air balloon. What do we know about this company, uh, Andy? It's somehow connected to Hanso, isn't it? Um, well, I believe he's some sort of philanthropist and he, uh, he's obviously got a lot of money. Whether he's involved in the actual research, one can only speculate. Joe, you, you, uh, you're sitting there looking very serious. How can you throw any light on Widmore? Yeah, Widmore's come up in the Lost Experience, hasn't it? I don't know. Uh, Nicky, we'll maybe talk about that a bit later on. We'll ask you, but you're our Lost Experience expert. Charles uh, has with him a stack of unopened letters, letters when Desmond gets out of prison, that had been written to his daughter Penny, and also a big wad of cash that he wants Desmond to take and then disappear. Why does Charles want him to stay away from his daughter so badly? What do you think, Sasha? I think there was a moment on the island um, after the flashback where Desmond's talking to Claire, and she mentions the, the baby's father maybe running away for the benefit of the baby oh, and, yeah, yeah. and I think that's something to do with him and Penny I think maybe he got her up the duff and then he took off there is an implication there that he has left a child somewhere under the stairs <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any, anyone, any ideas why Desmond was in prison that's, that's not said is it I think that he's obviously disobeyed an order and it's something monumental that he's he maybe killed somebody in some kind of accident maybe in the field it could have been set up by Widmore, you know, because he's been getting out with his daughter. Mm. So it could be a setup. Might not be, but there's definitely something big happened. Well, obviously, something big's happened. He's in prison, of course. Probably, probably a killing. I, I guess, think, yeah, I, I think yeah. a lot of the characters seem to sort of unwittingly yeah. cause death in some form. So I think that uh, Desmond could be, unfortunately, a victim of that. Yeah. Were you going to say something? He did cause, um, he did disobey an order because Kelvin yeah. mentioned that later on. So he was obviously dishonorably discharged and it was bad enough that he was sent to prison as well. OK, staying with the flashbacks, we next see Desmond in America, where a very familiar face lends him money to buy a coffee, yes, not content with being in Hurley and Echo's flashback. Once again, we get to see Libby and her weird eyes. They get talking, and Desmond tells her he is planning to win a sailing race round the world, sponsored by Charles Widmore. The problem is, he doesn't actually have a boat, but it seems that Libby can help. I have a boat. It was my husband's, but... He got sick. He wanted to sail to the Mediterranean. He never... He passed away. About a month ago. I'm sorry. I want you to have it. I can't take your boldness. But you have to. He'd want you to. Now, once again, Libby's popped up in another uh, flashback. This, I've got to say, to be honest, this is the second time I've seen these episodes. First time around, I didn't spot it was Libby. She looks quite different, doesn't she? Yeah, totally. Mm. I didn't... Tom wig. had to point out. Well, she has a wig on. Another bad wig. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm with Tom. I thought it was definitely Libby the first time. She hasn't it. changed that, you know, that much. I should have noticed by her odd eyes, yeah. which are yeah. strange It's, it's the lip. fringe, isn't it? Yeah, it frames the face differently. Yeah. Yeah. thought you would have yeah. spotted that one, yeah. Well, no, I missed that because I was, I was too busy having a life. <laughs> but uh, do, do we think that she'd been been sent by Widmore or Hanso to give Desmond the boat. This obviously isn't a coincidence, is it? No, there's, there's something there's something very fishy about this. It's just the fact that she turns up at exactly the right point where he's turned up in America and he's feeling low, and then she magically has the right amount of cash in the form of a boat to put him on his worldwide sailing trip. It's ridiculous. Mm. Come on, paranoia. It's definitely a setup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be a setup. <laughs> but again, does it take us to the theory that there is more than one Libby? Is there a, a good Libby and a bad Libby? Or? Bad twin Libby. No, I think she's, because we've seen her in the Santa Rosa Mental Hospital, we've seen her in the Australian airport, obviously she was getting on the flight, but it looked like she was meddling with Mr Echo at that point, and yes. also we've seen her in this. 
So it seems to imply that she's some sort of meddling character that has a behind-the-scenes job. Andy, you're shaking your head there. Oh, it was just the phrase meddling with Mr Echo, actually. Yes, you uh, <laughs> Isn't it great? Again, another giving Locke another kicking. Like, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, her dead husband is called David. Until um, hospital. Yeah, Dave. 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 Dave, was it not? Exactly. Any, any connection to that, do you think, Joe? I just, I think she's handsome. I don't... I, you think, think she's what? <laughs> she's a member of Dancer Foundation, oh. right? Not not particularly she, him, the beardy bloke, but on the Dancer website they had a member of the board called Liddy Wales. Liddy being mm. a shortened name for Elizabeth, the which only we find out was a full name. Only one yeah. doesn't have a photo. Yeah. And can I also say, you can, I'm putting my hand yes. up here, when everyone got caught in this last episode with the poison darts, the whispers were saying Elizabeth. Yeah, they were. Yes. Were they? Oh, yes, they were. They were. Yes, they were. They were. Fantastic. You need to slow that down to hear that. I didn't hear that. No, 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 no I did. You are. Right. with the naked I, ear. I did yeah. spot that, yes. And what a lovely naked ear you have. Mm, thank uh, you. Paul, yes. I've got a new brunette Libby theory that... By the way, you don't have to put your hands up. Just dive in and I'll sort you out. Leave it to me. You know what he's saying about how the brunette Libby could be her bad twin or something like that? I think that now that Libby was undercover and was faking all of that to observe Hurley in the Institute because I think the timelines don't work I think she must have been undercover doing that secretly watching Hurley watching his observations maybe some Dave thing and then leaves the room wig off Posh Libby with the, with the fringe, glamorous wonky yeah, yeah. eyes. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, really. I think she's intrinsic <laughs> to the whole story. Eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, she dies just a few days before Desmond comes back. That would have been kind of cool to see the yeah. that reunion, wouldn't it? Convenient. There's a lot. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of these frustrating little things in Lost where you think, what if that had happened? If they'd got together. Uh, would have been. someone wrote it and planned it like <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, we also catch a glimpse of Jack in the next Desmond flashback when he's at the stadium getting ready for a run. Penny has managed to find Desmond and has a question for him. Why didn't he write to her from prison? Desmond doesn't answer this, though, as he's got a slightly better one. When are you getting married, Pen? We haven't set a date yet. I'll be back in a year. What if you were back right now? I'm going to win this race, Pen. His race. And in a year... I'll be back. Desmond, what are you running from? I have to get my honour back. And that's what I'm running to. It's frustrating, isn't it, that he doesn't say, well, hang on, I wrote, like, every single day. Your dad's got a box full of the stuff. She pretends in that point that she doesn't know that he went to prison. She pretends to be surprised, but then when we see the letter mm. later on... No, she no, no, she, no, she just says, no, she when you went away, because she can't, she can't say oh, it. She can't okay. say the phrase, yeah. you went to prison. She's just having a moment, bless okay. her, with the tears. And everything, you know. But why doesn't he say to her, Oh, brother, you know, I was writing to you every day. <laughs> oh, no, he says sister. He says sister when oh, it's a woman. Oh, she's his sister. sister. That's a twist. Is he the guy that... Now, Paul, you'll know this. The guy that plays him, is he really Scottish? I don't know, but I think he is. He pops yeah, up yes. in 24 as a German. I think he's a British Scottish. actor, but I think, don't know whether he actually is. Is, is he Scottish? Because yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's a good accent, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, why is he so desperate, do you think, to do the race? He has to get his honour back. Oh, that's... It's a, <laughs> it's a year-long race. Why can't he just, I don't know, run a marathon in a, <laughs> a, a hippopotamus suit or something? That's a popular yeah, way. Yeah, actually, I'm interested in that, because, you know, he spent loads of time on his own already in prison, and why does he want to spend another year on his it's own when he really wants to be with... Maybe he's doing what no. Charles Widmore wants him to do, is run away, disappear. I thought it's because it's, his, it's uh, Charles Widmore's boat oh, race, so yeah. he wants to win the boat race and just, just, just to have piss one him off. Him. I mean, yeah. Just so, to annoy him. Tom, don't, don't look at me for approval. What you said there was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think Sash has made a better point that yes, it's uh, the war race. Was he industrialist and philanthropist? Uh, and he's, I guess he's doing it to say, up oh, oh, You are able to receive this message to advance data encoding. But this audio data is being monitored by the Hansel Foundation. Leave this audio feed. Stop, Hansel. Transmission is being prepared. Yeah, a lot of that you're asking, but I think research insulates that he must have done something. I think he's doing everything he can to cleanse himself of that and really annoy the father of his future wife-to-be, hopefully. Interesting what she says in that bit. With enough money and determination, you can find anyone. And as we see, we'll, we'll come back to it later, but you can see at the end that perhaps that's true. Yeah. Uh, we fast-forward now to the round-the-world race and Desmond is caught in a storm and knocked unconscious. The next thing he is aware of is being dragged ashore by a man in a yellow biohazard suit and taken to a bunker. Do we think his arrival on the island is an accident or has it been orchestrated by Widmore? I would have said accident first, but then after seeing the episode mm. to the end... I hope it's the latter. I think it's the latter. I don't think anybody 
everybody on that island is there by accident. Surely, uh, uh, Andy, I don't know if you agree, that the more we find out about this, obviously they're all placed, they've been chosen specifically to be there. No one is there by accident. Well, that would seem to be the case. Mm. Certainly, uh, they've all got a background story which they interlink and they seem to all end up at this one point, which is this mysterious island. The mysterious island of Lost. Now, the man in the yellow suit is Kelvin Inman, but we've seen him before as the CIA man, but under a different name. He was Joe Inman. They've said that's his middle name. Uh, Kelvin Joe Inman. Uh, they, where, where, you, you say they've said that. Who, uh, who are they? Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cubes. The Whispers. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, they didn't want to give it away earlier in the season, so they had to... Oh, so they've been le- letting out sort of different names to... Yeah, they like had him go by his middle name. Well, they shouldn't be allowed to do that. Fantastic, though, when you realise that that's the guy that got Saeed into doing the torturing, isn't it, Paul? I mean, that's, that's a... Oh, these whole two hours are just full of brilliant moments like that. You go, flipping egg is him! Well, also, the body of Kelvin, who's got his brains all smashed over the uh, the rocks, that obviously, we th- we don't know whether Desmond went out and buried him, so maybe there'll be a moment where Side will be trambling across the rocks mm. and find this corpse and then wallet, name, photograph, freak out, you know. <laughs> How did Kelvin end up working for Dharma? There seems to be a lot of military involvement as this goes on. Have they recruited members of the military? Tom? I think it might oh, be another okay. attempt at redemption from someone who regrets his actions in the war and the Dharma Initiative is supposed to be some sort of organisation which is doing good for the world. Mm. Yeah, it's about saving lives instead of killing people because you know that everyone has had an involvement in killing and then they're all part of Dharma, which is about saving life. Yeah, so you know that Hanzo so, was an arms dealer in the Second World War, so he we set do. up the Hanzo Foundation to try and redeem yes. That's in my uh, data. Kelvin asked Desmond, are you him? Tom? And he used that little joke, didn't he? The yeah. okay. what did one snowman say to the other snowman? Yeah, they, they get the punchline wrong. That's because that's not him, is it? The punchline is no, but when Desmond does the punchline later, the punchline pr- should be, yeah. can you smell carrots? It smells like carrots. But it should be, can you smell carrots? Yeah, it should I agree? Yeah. That's the proper punchline uh, to that gag. I think he was drunk, so he just he, he <laughs> muffed it up a bit wrong. He's, he's, he's had it for four <laughs> years and he muffed it up. Yeah. <laughs> but that, are you him? Are you who? Who does he think he is? Not Hanzo. Hanzo wouldn't be on the island. Well, maybe because he's got the beard. Desmond had the beard, and maybe he's seen the footage of. Alva Hanzo with the beard, which you've now seen on Lost Experience. Maybe that's what it is. surely he'd know that Hanzo is going to be older than that. It seems to be some kind of replacement, Mm. isn't it? Like, Inman lost his partner. Rudzinski. Yeah. We think. We don't know that. Well, the evidence on the roof kind of... Well, it's a stain. (laughs) It looks like like a very bloody stain. Anyway, um, he got his replacement, which was Desmond. And then Desmond... Okay, um, is there a point? Did, um, we, did um, we get into the end of the sentence <laughs> at any point? I'm keeping going, keeping going. Desmond kills Inman. Right. And then um, he gets his replacement, which is Jack. There seems to be a whole kind of... You're just telling us what happened, though. I know. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen it, Tom. I know that. We're trying to... Can I ask a question? Yes, yes, you can, Nikki. Nikki at the back. Do there. you think that... <laughs> I did have a point. Cal- do you think that Calvin and the previous operators of the hatch that we know, mm. do you think they know anything about the others, or do you think they're oblivious to these others? What do they call... What do hostiles. they call Hostiles. The hostiles. Yeah. I think he mentions mm. them, doesn't he? Uh, they must did be aware that? of them. Probably. Now, Calvin tells Desmond that by entering the numbers, he's saving the world, and he shows him the orientation video. When Desmond asks why there are bits missing, he's told that Rosinski edited it out. Why... Would he do that? Because the, the missing bits are about not using the computer for any kind of contact. Why would Rudzinski, and that's the last time I'm going to say that name, because it's very tricky, edit this stuff out? Joe? Well, he's a bit crazy. He's killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's a, he's a mental. Yeah. <laughs> that would be it. Uh, we'll see later that Kelvin is working on the Invisible Blast door map that his, I've got to say it, Rudzinski had started. How did Rudzinski, and that really is the last time I'm going to say that man's name, have all this information, and why did he make the map Invisible. Out of washing powder or something. Yeah, detergent. Can you? Is detergent for I don't know, but I'm right? going to try it. Well, this surely is the new thing, isn't it? Bedroom doors, putting up little secret lost maps. But what, how does he have all this information, Tom? Scouting out the islands. He's obviously, um, you know, worked out that there's no disease out there. He's walked around the island, probably found all the bunkers and started, drew the map. Knew that the Pearl was monitoring what was going on in the um, in the Swan and decided to hide the map on a blast door for anyone else that came along. But it's invisible. It can only be seen under fluorescent light. Was he I trying to hide it from the, ho- from the others? the hostiles. Yeah, so it only comes down in certain conditions, doesn't it, when there's a lockdown. Uh, We also learned that there's an alternative to pushing the button when Desmond finds a drunk Kelvin dangling a key over a big keyhole labelled Caution System Termination. What's behind that wall, Kelvin? What was the incident? Electromagnetism. Geologically unique. The incident? (laughs) There was a leak. So now the charge builds up and every time we push the button, it discharges it. 
before it gets too big. Why make us do it? Push the button? If we, if we can just... <laughs> Here's the real question, Desmondo. Do you have the courage to take your finger out of the dam and blow the whole thing up instead? We've seen the fail-safe keyhole before, haven't we? Don't Said and Jack go down there at one point? They go down underneath the floor, but they don't, oh, they discover, don't, find they don't discover the system termination area. No, okay. they, they sort of have a scout around. <laughs> they find the, uh, the bathroom, don't they? The, the shower. Yes, and they find... Uh, yes. Another route, and then Naked Kate. So, we now know what the button is for and what the incident is. Reactions to this, please, ladies and gentlemen of the panel. Paul. We're told that it's some kind of leak, some electromagnetic leak, but then he's drunk and he seems to be holding a lot of information back from Desmond, so I don't know why that would be the truth and the whole truth. Mm at that particular moment. So I think that it's a, a ruse just to sort of lead Desmond on a certain road. Because he's, you know, I don't trust Kelvin. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it's definitely some kind of setup. He's orchestrating Desmond's um, turning of the key yeah, later on. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Do you think that Henry Gale was trying to encourage Locke not to push it? by saying that when the lockdown happened that he didn't push the button. Yes. Well, I thought that, but then Henry Gale seems shocked at the end when there's that, exp you know, that sonic boom, whatever that may be. I don't think be. he did. I, I don't he was think he did. And he was like, yes. He just looked really angry. He was just like... Bleh. And I think he knew it was going to happen then as well. It was as if he was expecting it to happen at that point. <laughs> I, I think he's frustrated, yeah, that, that Desmond had the courage to, to turn it off, mm. you know, knowing, not knowing what the consequence would be. Yep. I think that's his annoyance mm. on his yep. face. Do we translate the hieroglyphics? Do we know what they mean? They mean Mm. I heard Underworld. I bought a fail-safe key off of the internet. Yeah. Oh, I don't want <laughs> it's rubbish. It don't look anything like that at all. I'm well disappointed. <laughs> Although my Dharma key ring is excellent. <laughs> hey, uh, let's just pause briefly here as it's time now to find an owner for our big lost prize bunker. Many of you have been demonstrating your impressive lost knowledge by correctly answering the questions and one lucky person each week has gone into the draw. I have these 16 names down the bunker. Geeky Tom, would you kindly open the prize bunker? And random select a winner. I have selected a winner. Uh, let's uh, let's have a look. Congratulations to Gavin Nichols, everybody. Well done, Gavin Nichols. Excellent stuff. Uh, you're now the proud owner of the Big Lost Prize Bunker with the year's subscription to the official Lost magazine and the lovely big black and white photo, the Lost hooded sweatshirt and the copy of Bad Twim, all signed by Hurley, Mr Echo, Gin and Damon Lindelof. Fantastic prize. Still to come on UK Lost, we'll be delving straight back into Live Together, Die Alone and it's the debut of my final version of the Super Brain Computer Theory. <laughs> This is UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio. I'm Ian Lee. And back to the island and to the present day where Saeed has come up with an idea of how they can avoid falling into Michael's trap involving Desmond's boat and a smoke signal. He takes Jin and Son along and on the way they see a big stone four-toed foot on the shoreline. Now, the, not much is made of this, but this is going to be significant later on, isn't it, Joe? This is going to. This is an important thing we've yeah. seen here. I think they said the show's like an archaeological dig. This is what Damon Lindelof said, mm. and Series Three will be going back to before the Dharma Initiative and what was happening on the island then. And it's got photos, which is a number. Well, any ideas what this statue is, what, what this foot is? It looks like the Colossus of Rome, doesn't it? Remember the, the big statue that's oh, over yeah. the gates of... Uh, I remember that. There seems to be a lot of Greek mythology in the show mm. and there's a lot around the Greek god Apollo, so I don't know if that ties in. Meanwhile, Jack, Hurley, Sawyer and Kate have set off with Michael and they also have an unusual spotting, a weird camouflage bird that seems to screech Hurley. Did it say Hurley? Yes. It definitely yes. did. Well, and it does in season one as well, in Exodus. Does it? Yes, it flies over them at the end of season one. He's good, isn't he? He's, he's, be <laughs> he's better than you, Tom. I know. <laughs> Is the CGI as bad in season one? It, yeah. it was rubbish special effects, wasn't it? It was yeah. like, you know, someone had painted it on yeah. there. Yeah. There were a few dodgy props today as well, I thought. They're running at a budget, I guess. Yeah. Uh, any ideas as to why there's a bird shouting Hurley's name? Well, that's, that's not Libby, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's, the, it's the zoological stuff, isn't it? The sort of animal experiments. Maybe it's a condor crossed with a penguin crossed with a green animal, maybe. It's <laughs> <laughs> with the power of speech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like there's a, the animals, uh, animals are a recurring theme, aren't they? With the, the boar, with the, there was a horse, polar bears, polar bears, of course. Maybe it's a nod at um, Hurley's episode. 
him being crazy in a mental institute and it all being a dream. Yeah, but they all saw it, didn't they? They all cowered yeah. from it, and Michael tried to shoot it, so... Yeah, why, why they can't they all see it? They were figments of his imagination. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the oh, animals... look at the tag team. And yeah. <laughs> Some of that. Yes. <laughs> the animals always signify, like, an event, usually. Like, the horse comes, and then, you know, something happens, and then... So maybe it's, it's a trigger for something which hasn't happened yet. Oh, well, the trigger for them getting shot in the <laughs> neck <laughs> with, with <laughs> darts that make you, you, you have could, spasms. You could call that an event. It's an event. Uh, they also come across something else strange on their journey. A huge pile of logbooks in clear canisters and locks blast door map. Now, does that mean that the people doing the task in the question mark, the pearl, is it the pearl? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Their task was just a psychological test to see. That, that obviously it means nothing, doesn't it? I think that's, mm. that's, that's the gist of it, definitely. Well, there was the big debate, wasn't there? Who was part of the experiment? Mm. Was it the people looking at the others and the people down the hatch, or was it they were part of the experiment themselves? Do, we, do you uh, think if Locke had seen that pile of books... Oh, he would have flipped, I think. He would have felt better about himself, though. <laughs> so far, only Jack knows that Michael has, as Syed likes to say, been compromised. But this doesn't last long after they have a run-in with a couple of others and Jack forces Michael to confess. Hurley, realising that Michael killed Libby, is understandably a little bit put out, but Jack assures them all he has a plan and they keep going. Meanwhile, Saeed, Jin and Son have reached the others' camp, but it's now deserted and they find just a wall behind the previously guarded hatch doors. Why the fake doors? Maybe they're not fake. Maybe there's... Excuse me? <laughs> maybe they're fake. There's, there's rock behind it. Well, what maybe, are you talking maybe about? Been, maybe the doors did lead to a hatch and it's been blocked up because mm. there's something back there. You don't believe that? Do you seriously believe that? Well, I think it's a possibility because on the map it, they, they did seem evenly spread out right. did the hatches and um, that one presumably the one that's been crossed out I yeah. think someone's covered it up because there's something important. I'm going to say something that I never thought I'd say. Tom, put him right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard such a load of rubbish my whole life. Wow. Uh, high five? Yeah, high yeah. five. Yeah, but you, yeah. Thought, you thought the plane crashed by accident. Now I didn't <laughs> think there was a controlled explosion. Let's, let's not go back. Because <laughs> yeah, right. we'll fall out again. But surely that whole village was a setup to trick Michael, wasn't it? Obviously. I think so. I've always thought it was. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going with that. Like the clothes. <laughs> they're trying to lull them into a full sense of security because they're not even wearing nice clothes. Sasha, why would they pretend to... Are they pretending to be part of Dharma? Maybe they're separate from, from Dharma altogether. I'm not sure. They keep insisting that they're the good guys and they've said this on a number of occasions. So I'm trying... I'm still trying to work out who exactly they are, whether they're hostiles, others, good men, bad men. Isn't it great when Henry Gale just, just gets up that boat and he strides along? And don't you see, I, I, we'll, we'll talk about this in a bit later on, but the bit where he's walking past, there's a guy crouching down. I thought he was going to do a dirty, rotten scoundrels and just push him. <laughs> I really thought that was going to happen. But uh, disappointingly, they didn't take up that uh, uh Jack and his gang spot the smoke signal, but it's miles away. And it seems that Michael has been leading them away from the beach. Then things go a little bit weird when the whispers make a long away to come back and darts appear from nowhere hitting Hurley, Kate, Jack and Sawyer. Now, the whispers are saying Elizabeth, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, it's, which would, would again indicate Libby. I didn't, I didn't know that Libby I, was short for Elizabeth. Is that, is that a well-known fact? Yes. Have, you, have yes. you never seen Neighbours? Libby Kennedy? Well, she's not called Elizabeth, though. Uh, she might be. She might be. <laughs> she's Elizabeth Kennedy? Yeah, I'm sure it is. She's... Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say no to a bit of Libby. Uh, now, we've not mentioned Echo and Locke yet. There's so much going on, so many different stories happening at the same time in these episodes, which makes it fantastic. Uh, but the tensions are running extremely high between the two of them. Locke then tries to find an ally in Dharma wine-swigging Desmond, telling him about the pearl hatch and how he thinks the swan is just a psychological experiment. You're so sure it's not real. Then just stop pushing the button. Well, I have, except, unfortunately, Someone else decided to start, so you're gonna sober up. And we're gonna get a good night's sleep, and tomorrow we're gonna find out what happens if that button doesn't get pushed. They then head off to the swan, and by fiddling about with the lighting and rubbing some bare wires together, they manage to trap Echo outside the computer room. Echo, though, is so determined to push the button, he risks doing a Dr. Artst, uh, and with Charlie's help, brings the hidden leftover dynamite back to the hatch to try and blow up the blast doors. Now, Locke and Echo are both so sure that they're right. Uh, you know, Locke thinks that it's a waste of time. Echo knows that they have to do this. Why do they both think they're so right? It's a strange one, isn't it? Because Locke's from 
round from his uh, previous way of thinking, where mm. he he was the one who was adamant that he had to push the button, and now he's uh, he's completely the opposite. So, but Locke started questioning all of the things that he thought were signs as well, because <laughs> the sign to find the Beechwood plane ended up in Boone getting killed, and the sign from the hatch with the light coming on just turned out to be Desmond turning the light on. So all these mm. things have built up inside Locke, so, and now he's. He's let it just, out. He's just he, adamant now. He broke Echo's Jesus stick. Did the stick break? Yes, it broke in half. Oh, man. It, either one of them were holding... It is good, though. I like Locke. Locke's looking very old, isn't he, all of a sudden? Mm. I like old Locke. I don't like new Locke. I like the, the Locke that it was all really mysterious and... Yeah. Um, Bitty, no, yeah. 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 I don't like weak, crying Locke, crying on a needy. tree. Oh. He'll be back seriously, (laughs) unless he's dead. Uh, Back to Desmond's flashbacks now, and he's not been outside for an incredible three years, while Kelvin comes and goes as he pleases in full and very yellow protective clothing. Then, one day, Desmond notices a tear in the suit, follows him out, and sees him take the mask off. He trails him further and sees something else quite interesting, his sailboat that Kelvin had denied any knowledge of. It turns out that Kelvin was fixing it and planning to leave. However, he does do the decent thing and asks Desmond if he wants to come with him. Screw the button, man. Who knows if it's even real? That's not what you say when you were going on and on about dams and electromagnetics and, and failsafe! Well, I was drunk. <laughs> Why did you lie to me? I lied to you because I needed a sucker to save the world after I left. This is not the answer that Desmond wants to hear and a manly tussle results in Kelvin falling awkwardly, hitting his head and dying. So, Kelvin didn't want Desmond to go outside because he was fixing the boat. But then why is he wearing the biohazard suit all the time? Obviously, it makes sense while uh, Desmond is in the hatch, but when he goes to rescue him, it seems odd to put the suit on, doesn't it? Well, I think that was in case he woke up, sort of became conscious by the shore, just sort of carry on the ruse. But how did he know he was there? When he went out, he obviously yeah. went out for, for a walk. Well, Unless somebody so, when, had well, told him it was I, there. I will, this is it. You know, yeah. if there's cameras everywhere, there's cameras it's, everywhere. He's got the boat, so maybe he found the boat first. Seen him run back, push the button, put on the suit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. back down. Well, the bit where he gets, Desmond gets rescued is fantastic, isn't it? It's all trippy, man. Do you know, I actually thought there was more than one Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I did. That's what I was going to say. Mm. It felt like there was about yeah. three or four people. Yeah. One thing I do think about, though, is he is the boat actually broken? And it's pretty fixed to me. I know he says it's three weeks away, but it seems to could be part of the setup. Yeah, you know, an excuse. Yeah, I was fixing your boat, even though it's kind of floating there and all fine. The, the thing, what materials as well? What was he fixing it with? The thing about the boat, because obviously there's, Desmond's what, in the first four or five episodes, and he, he does a run and he disappears, we don't see him again. But that means, for a substantial amount of time, that the lost people were on the island, the boat was just parked up. Yeah. I, I can't believe that they didn't see a yacht. And can I also ask why Desmond didn't take off in the boat immediately when he killed Kevin? I was wondering that, but maybe he, that whole saving the world yeah. thing got, got to him. Yeah, got to him by then. Yeah. Well, he's, he's not, yeah, he's, he's, Kelvin says about, you know, courage, and I don't think at that point Desmond has any courage. I think he genuinely believes that there's a, there's a problem. But the weird thing is we're talking about the whole, like, was it, did the plane crash on purpose, was it an accident? But the only way I think that it, it was constructed is if they were all toying with... Desmond for all that time to get him to yeah. see the tear, to leave at that point. I mean, this is this is a huge amount of planning to make them think that they'd lead him out of the hatch at that exact point. <laughs> Otherwise, pulling the plane down with the electromagnetic thing, that yeah. is an accident. I don't understand. I, I find the whole down the hatch for three years thing, uh, it's a little bit weak. I, you know, I'm not going to ask too many questions. I don't really want... I, I think it's a bit poor. Why didn't he insist... I tell you what, actually, uh, I'm, I'm coming out with you. No, you can't. You're going to stop me? I'm a tough jock. Do you know what I mean? Surely he could have forced his way out. You would have thought so. Uh, now, what's all the stuff about the vaccine as well? The others uh, seem to believe in it as they injected Claire and Aaron, Aaron, whatever it is. And you, <laughs> the, the, what is it? You've got to inject yourself every nine days. The whole vaccine and quarantine thing is confusing me. Tom, do we know anything more about this? Is, is it just guff? I don't know. It could all be part of the, um, the control they have on all the people. Maybe she, she was awake. She kind of saw a baby being injected. Inman's told him to inject <laughs> off of it. And I think it's just a control to from going outside. Yeah, there's some of those older films where... Great danger. We have reason to believe that Rachel Blake may have been compromised. Potential that our transmission is broadcast to the widest possible audience. Only then can we stop Hanso. There may be attempts to corrupt the feed with the digital sickness. Transmission... ...where he abducts women and they give them... 
they see and that way they can control Excuse them. Excuse me, so this, this hap- <laughs> this, when did this happen what to films you? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Enter the Dragon it happens in. There's yes. more than one from, from the 70s era. Uh, very, very quickly, sorry, so, uh, someone sent me an email in the week, a photograph from maternity leave, and the scene where you can see everybody in the little hospital bit and they're oh, all wearing seen, masks. I've seen this bit. I'm, well, I'm going to say it. Yeah, Hen- Henry Gale <laughs> is one of the people. Really? Yeah, he's mm. looking around. You can see Henry Gale looking around, he's wearing a mask and a little hat so you can't... Um, I was no. looking for that photo so hard on the internet. I've got it. I know. <laughs> Ah, does Kelvin believe in the button? He seems, I guess he does, the fact he seems resigned in pushing it and finding a successor to his button throne. He said he joined the Dammer Initiative. Mm. I, th- I think he's working for them rather than him crashing there or something. Mm. And I think he is, he's trying to get Desmond to stay in the hatch. And mm. I, th- yeah, I think he's, yeah, that, that's, he's in that's an That's his assignment, I think, his, his yeah. assignment from Dom. That's why he seems so bored and cynical of it towards the end with the painting on the, yeah. the blast door. But I think his assignment is purely Desmond. It's Project Desmond. You know, mess with him, get him to stay there, and then yada yada. Okay. Uh, Desmond rushes back to the hatch to press the button, but he's too late. The hieroglyphics on the timer are locked in place. The loudspeaker is repeating system failure, and anything metal is flying towards the magnet wall. Desmond frantically types the numbers in, and it resets. Back in present time, Locke has shown Desmond the log of numbers from the Pearl Hatch, and Desmond realises that his delay in entering the numbers on the day Kelvin died might have had a bigger effect than messing up the cutlery drawer. The island. When did you come here? How long ago? 60, 65 days. What was the date? What was the date? September 22nd. It was September 22nd. I think I crashed your plane. So, the button obviously does do something, but what confuses me is Desmond knows it does something. So why is he letting, why is he being complicit and letting uh, Locke not press the button? Stunned silence there. <laughs> he, well, he, does, he doesn't in the end, does he? No. He but, but, has an attack of conscience. He maybe, thinks Locke knows more than he does. Mm. And he thinks, well, maybe I was wrong. But then when he's got something to back up what he thinks already, he thinks mm. actually right. I think when he, when he says to him that it was a test with the Pearl Station mm. observing them, I think he probably thinks, well, maybe the whole shaking of the walls was just part right. of the psychological game. So he's curious to see what happened beyond that, I think. Yeah, he doesn't know what happens when the key goes in the hole. No. Now, he says that he's crashed their plane. So, does this mean that the plane crash was accidental and that the survivors weren't there by design? That can't be the case because obviously they're meant to be there. So you're saying about Kelvin, his project is Project Desmond. He's got for three years build up to that specific point. That means everything is being manipulated and controlled by Jim Robinson. I don't know. By by someone out there is controlling everything. The timing is perfect. Nikki? I just want to ask, um, I'm looking at the boys actually. Hi. Wow, nice. The more aeronautical sort of... Expertise of the room. Um, not discounting you. <laughs> not discounting my A-level physics. But is there a chance that, that that massive plane could have been planned to land somewhere on the island or on an island nearby anyway? You couldn't land a jet on an island like mm. that. There's no. You need about a two-mile runway to yeah, land a yeah. jet. So do you think maybe the plane was actually heading for an island of a larger size nearby anyway, and then it got caught in the electromagnetic field? The pilot said he turned round to go to Fiji. Yeah, Which is but right. maybe there was some sort of catalyst that made the pilot decide maybe he was from the Dharma Initiative. Well, yeah, a lot of fans think the pilot mm. was, was in on it. The yeah. pilot yeah. knew that there was a point where they had to turn around and make sure they were at the right trajectory. But I say the planning is insane, but then the show's planning and all the coincidences are insane. Because so, yeah. I'd rather believe that than that they knew it was going to blow up over this island and that mm. they were going to still have these people that they'd followed around for years beforehand. Mm. And that they were going to survive. Maybe yeah. the incident, that system failure, it was kind of on their radar, it came up as an electromagnetic anomaly, like you know, like, similar to the one that electromagnetic. Right. Yes, I thought you might have missed that one. What, sorry, obviously not. What was it? Electromagnetic? What? I don't know. Yeah, monopoly. thing. <laughs> electromagnetic <laughs> monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that could have been the signal to blow up the plane or yeah. crash the plane in over that area or land it. Okay. Well, it's now clear to Desmond how important it is to push the button, but nothing will change Locke's mind, and he smashes up the computer. With just seconds left on the timer, Desmond knows what he's got to do. I'm gonna blow the damn Tom. I'm sorry for whatever happened that made you stop believing. But it's all real. And now I've got to go and make it all go away. Wait, Desmond! I'll see you in another life, brother. System failure. System failure. 
as Desmond turns the key, we see the rest of the island where the ground is shaking. There's a bright light and a strange and extremely loud sound. Now, we don't see the hatch after Desmond inserts the failsafe key and turns it, so we don't, we don't know what's happened. What, what do we think has happened? Has the hatch been blown up? Is it destroyed? Is it still there? I would guess that we're supposed to believe that the, the thing's blown up and they're dead, but I think Desmond coming back, I think they're all still alive. That didn't um, Well, I just thought what might be a pertinent point would be is if nothing's happened, if it's maybe all the energy's been released, then surely they could have just done that at the first place and then there wouldn't have been any problems with electricity. Maybe it had a use, or... though. Maybe there was an actual use to it rather than just pushing the button. Maybe it did something to the island. Does Perhaps. this mean now that the magnet has been blown up, discharged, whatever, what's going to happen as a result of that? Is the healing going to end? Are, you know, these strange coincidences hmm, going to stop happening? Is, are things going to change on the island? I think that the fact that it says caution system termination means that there, there has to be a consequence. It can't just yeah. be like turning off a plug. I think that that's an absolute final situation where you switch it off, but then there's going to be a consequence surely from that. Which I think the others wanted. Henry Gale wanted this consequence to happen because he got locked to stop believing. I agree. I couldn't work out, when we see Jack, Kate and and the others, I couldn't work out if Henry Gale was annoyed that that had happened, or or you were saying, Joe, he looks like... Brilliant. Well, that's... Yeah. That's darn nice. Yeah. So, potentially, the others wanted this to happen. It's another manipulation to get this uh, to happen. I just don't get it. How You're not do they... buying that, are you, Sasha? No, because how do they... I mean, who are these people? How do they know what's going to happen and in what way is it helpful to them? So they're either part of the Dharma Initiative or they're completely anti the Dharma Initiative, in which case the Dharma Initiative is doing something for the good and trying to kind of somehow use the island to facilitate something good happening and they're trying to frustrate that. OK, moving on. There's so much to get through in this. Jack, Kate, Hurley and Sawyer have been captured by the others and are at the parlour, is that how you say it? Ferry dock. Uh, we find out here that Mr Friendly's real name is Tom and Ms Clue is B. Uh, another Tom, of course, Thomas is Hebrew for fingers on buzzers, twin. Uh, the other Tom's we had a Claire's boyfriend and Kate's childhood sweetheart and Anna Lucia's nickname for Christian Shepherd and the president and chief technologist of Hanso, Thomas Mittelwerk. Fake Henry Gale now makes a return and he's clearly the one in charge. He gives Michael a boat with Walt on board and tells him to follow a compass bearing of three, two, five. Michael doesn't leave, though, without a few questions. How do you know I won't tell people about where I was? Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but it won't matter. Once you leave, you'll never be able to get back here. And my hunch is you won't say a word to anybody. Because if you do, people will find out what you did to get your son back. My friends, I was promised you wouldn't hurt them. Deal's a deal. Who are you people? We're the good guys, Michael. Can they be the good guys, really? I suppose if they're trying to save the world, that's quite a good thing to do, isn't it? It's, it's kind of which way you look at it. They see themselves as the good guys. So, maybe the Dharma Initiative is a bad thing and they consider themselves stopping it a good thing. Yes. Getting to turn the key. Henry Gell's the leader, right, of the others? Yeah. He's the leader of that group of people, but obviously yeah. there's, there are people above him. There's a guy in charge, isn't there? A great man. Cause, yeah, I think that's our said- hunter. All right, because Chuck, Chuck Norris, you know, yeah. our leader is a brilliant man, but not a forgiving man. So, was he talking about himself or someone above him? I wonder if they're a breakaway group from the Hanzo Foundation, because when the Hanzo Foundation website went up in May, there was absolutely no mention of the Dharma Initiative on that website. They talked about all of the other programs that they were doing, but the Dharma Initiative wasn't mentioned. So maybe these people are good guys turn bad. It's interesting what you were saying, is Henry Gale him? Does anyone else go along with that? that that's a possibility, Paul? There's, no, I think he's I think he's maybe like a director of the board or something, or you say of that group, but I don't think of the whole initiative, or I don't think he's actually leading that. But I think it was all on assumptions, like we're all assuming that they are the others. There's all these, you know, Russo says others, but I think that the show feels like it's leading us in different directions than just to manipulate us as well. I don't mm. think that we maybe we might not have met the others. We might not have met the hostiles. They may be referring to different factions oh, of people. No, so. you're, you really are blowing my yeah. mind. <laughs> Sweet lord. <laughs> now, when Henry gives Michael the boat, he says, "Once you leave, you'll never be able to get back." Why is the island so impossible to find? Is it hidden by some kind of crazy force field? Does, and does this mean that we're never going to see Michael and Walt again? Is that it? Have they gone? Well, Michael's really good with the boat stuff in season one, isn't he? And he says there's no way that tugboat could go across the ocean. It's like of a, a small by coastline. Mm. Mm. So 
So surely he must be suspicious of that he's going to be led to mainland doesn't on, say that, on that little boat. Doesn't say anything about land, though. No, he, he doesn't. Says, he just says find rescue, doesn't he? Find rescue. Yes. Mm. Well, Desmond couldn't escape on his boat. So. Yeah, that's why. But obviously, you have to follow that specific, those specific, uh, the one way out. Oh, hang on a second. This, this is <laughs> it's good. It's an epiphany. <laughs> this is good. Is that somehow going to follow the line of the cable that Saeed finds? Is that cable? You know, when he's walking on the beach, he finds the cable. Yeah, Don't yeah, start yeah. smoking it. No, no, I like it. Does that cable, is that kind of like break line in the force field that hides the island? And if you follow that, you can break away from the island. Open mouths. Possi- possibly. I like that. I, good. That, that fits good, into my it? theory, actually. I do have a theory. I'll come on to that maybe a bit later. But that, <laughs> that cable could be connected to something else, maybe <laughs> offshore. Yes. Oh, I don't know. That floats, maybe. don't know if we'll have time for your theory, Tom. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll see how we get on. Obviously, then, Henry Gale did push the button in lockdown. Yes. He, he, must, he must push yeah. that. Mm. Why didn't he not push it? If it, part of the plan was to stop the button being pushed, Joe, why did he not push it then? Because he wanted it to happen at a certain time. He wanted it to happen. They planned the kidnap and they planned everything to happen. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. I thought yeah. you were like, okay. <laughs> at, the, at the same time, because it did seem like he'd just keep going back to it, but he looked like satisfied, like, yeah, this is all going to play. He was, he was well chuffed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, interestingly, it's not just Michael who's set free, as Henry Gale tells Hurley he can go back, as his job is to tell the rest of the people they can never come here. However, he has something different in mind for Jack, Sawyer and Kate. They are going home with him. Now, why ask for Hurley to be a messenger boy? You could get someone a little bit fitter. A bit quicker. Quicker on there. Or maybe that's it. Maybe it's yeah, it, it, he, the he may of never time. make it back, I think. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. Like he they, they if they know enough about these people to have their names on a list, they know that the likes of Jack and Kate and Sawyer have travelled the island a lot more than Hurley and could get back and deliver that message. Okay, the question is, and anyone can dive in here. What are they going to do with Jack, Sawyer and Kate? And why have they chosen those three? Well, Jack's the doctor, so if the main group don't have their doctor and they're less likely to survive because if anything goes wrong, then he's not there to tend to them. Yep. I haven't got a clue about Kate. I, I don't like that idea of no. him just because he's a doctor, because, I mean, they've managed to sort themselves out, they've got yeah. drugs, they've been and doing that all the time. Because they have quite a twisted relationship, yeah. Sawyer, Jack and Kate, and I think right, that it's something to do with they'll use that to turn them against each other yes. and sure. manipulate them. I like that. No, I you're, like that you're wrong, uh, Andy. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I think it goes back to uh, when Tailin survived and then had a list there of, of the bad people and Goodwin to all, you know, good and bad. There seems to be that. You are able to receive to advanced coding. By now, the Hansel Foundation may have unscrambled my voice. The transmission of highly important information located at great danger in the field will begin shortly. But then that doesn't really touch it. You would have thought somebody would have been with them as well. What so. about, the good what about procreation? Excuse, sorry, yes. what? We're doing this, um. we haven't got time. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, it's the last one. You're, I just thought you're implying that they're going to go off and ha- I think have it maybe off. they'll put the three of them together and see what happens. And any ideas? I think that we're, look, we're digging it. in the wrong place. I think we're looking at Kate, Jack and Sawyer and we should be thinking about their parents. should be thinking about the fathers. Interesting. Interesting. So I think that there's something with Kate is the military angle round of that. Tom's giving me a oh, I can't high five you there, <laughs> and, um, and Sawyer, Sawyer's con man thing, I think I want to be connected to uh, Locke's dad, yeah. the long con, he's a con man as well, and it's yeah. all swinging back around that. So we're looking in the wrong place, look at their parentage. Excellent. Yes. Tom, you look uh, genuinely angry there. Do you wish you'd thought of that? I do wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You, you, have good? A, you have a good imagination, though. I'd like I'm to, I'd like to go halves with you on your theory, because that's good. Okay. I think... <clears throat> let's wait for the abuse. <laughs> Those three have been chosen because they have got special powers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, hang on a minute. Jack saved someone's life in an operation that should never have worked. Like Thank it, you yeah. very much. Hmm, hang on a second. Sawyer's really good at manipulating people and using his mind to trick people and make oh. them do what he wants <laughs> over a long period of time. Hmm, like it's been happening in the episode. Hmm, and Kate is good at something. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Well Kate, well, Kate has inexplicably you know, survived being chased by you know, a US marshal for years. Yes. And that's, and that's maybe a, don't, a talent. Don't encourage yeah. it. And like conjured it's a half. It's a good one, isn't it? It's a good mm. one. No. Tom, they're going to form some kind of superhero group. They, are gonna, <laughs> they have been bred for a purpose. Those three are part of a genetic breeding program. They've been bred <laughs> for a what, purpose. That's what Nicky said. 
Procreation. Well, no, you're saying that they're going to make their own babies. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to make their own babies. I well, think they're going to couple them as up. As well as having special powers. I think the special powers is, is really going to pop up in series three and uh, you'll be thanking me. OK, let's look at the final scene now, which is somewhere very cold and snowy and there are two Brazilian men in some kind of shelter playing chess. We then see a screen which reads electromagnetic anomaly detected. There is some concern and disagreement over whether they've missed it again and a phone call is made to... <laughs> Penny Whitmore. Hello. Miss Whitmore. Yes. It's us. I think we found it. Who are these men? I know their names. The bearded guy who strangely has been cast and looks quite like Jack, which is freaking me out, is yeah, called um, M- Matthias, and the other guy's called Henrik, because we have the, the script segments of that whole last scene in the Lost Yearbook. So wow, so they, can, we have names, over that. but who are they? What, what on earth are they doing there? Well, a lot of people on the, on the forums think that there is, as we said before, Penny saying, with enough money you can find anybody. I think mm. that she's employed maybe some kind of group of people to seek out some electromagnetic anomaly which could lead to Desi but then she must know more than she How does she know that that it's an electromagnetic anomaly to look for? Yes, Uh, Janine you're saying it doesn't make sense, you're you're furious No, because this bit blew my mind and I'm very confused but if it was all the setup that's been going on for a really long time how could it just be all about Desmond and how could Penny be controlling it when because you know. Charles Widmore's behind it. Yes. So Charles Widmore's controlling Penny. No, she is. No, uh, I believe she's, she's broken away. Yes. Yeah. She's gone through his drawer and uh, read <laughs> some notes or something. I, I guess we have to assume, unless anyone disagrees, that this is happening in real time. That when that Locke doesn't press the button, they detect this anomaly. Yeah. We all yeah. agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. So this is the first time, is it, that we've had a glimpse at the outside world in yeah. real time? Yeah. 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 That yeah. confirms the outside world is still there, which is quite a big. Yeah, that's yeah. a really big thing. Okay. Because well, one of the theories is the world has been destroyed, so we know that. Uh, okay, now does Penny know that you can only get to the island if the numbers aren't entered, because then, you know, some kind of kind of crazy window opens. Uh, how much does she know? You know, that's the frustrating thing. We don't really know that, but she knows enough to look for that kind of um, thing happening, so... Okay, well, listen, we'll, we'll discuss the theories of what's going to happen in Series 3 maybe next week when we do this, but with the ending of Series 2 in mind, would any of my panellists like to raise their hands and volunteer their own personal lost theory? Any, anybody looking around? My oh, it's Peaky Tom, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ah, yes. I think there's a boat offshore. I think that's where the others are. They don't live on the island. The others live on a big ship <laughs> offshore. No. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think they're probably, they are probably going to be working for Dharma, and they're literally just trying to work out this equation. They're saying this equation can save the world using all the different variables of it. Yeah. So they're trying to basically use the equation to save the world by manipulating all these people and all of the environment to try and change one of the, the factors of the equation on this boat. So your theory is... There's a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Any, uh, okay. Anybody want to dive in and right. rip that to shreds? <laughs> oh, the new guy. Where they're actually, they are going offshore. Yeah. But they're going to the flame hatch, which is an underwater hatch. Oh, nice. Which has been hinted at before, and there they'll find Dr. Marvin Candle, <laughs> slash Mark Wickman. Right. His his surname is Candle on one yep. and Wick. In the other wick, candle, wick, yep. candle stick, yep, wicked linking yes. to flames. Yes. That's where the cable leads to the underwater hatch, oh. and that's where they're going to be kept. I tell you and what, I love that. Something's going to happen. Ethan there. Rom came from the ocean. Yes, nah, <laughs> like that a lot. He killed, he killed one of them, didn't he? And we don't know where he came from. <laughs> okay, uh, ladies, any theories from the ladies? I think there's going to be a their, hot new guy. Yeah, I was going to say, let's hope they get their tops off again. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Sasha, anything sensible to throw into this? Not really, apart from that final bit where everything will be okay as long as there's one person who truly loves you. I think it's all about love now. Oh, God, I do hope not. Uh, Andy, anything? This was uh, just a hastily put-together theory, wasn't it, at the end there? Obviously, the research station or whatever it is that the Portuguese or Brazilian guys are on, some sort of Arctic tundra Mm. or the poles, electromagnetism at the poles. Like it. Don't know if it means anything, but... Well, no, you're all right. Watch this space. Uh, What's happening, of course, and this is... uh, Here we go. The superbrain computer theory, Cobra Inley, holds true. Walt is, was and is still connected to a superbrain computer. Good Walt, the original Walt oh, that good, was on... It's a good one. ...that was on the aeroplane. His bad twin, the slightly gangly, slightly taller Walt... 
uh, <laughs> is the one that's gone off with Michael. So Michael's got a kid that isn't his son, but looks a bit like... Well, it's, it's identical to him, but it's not really his son. So there is one Walt, still connected to computer, Superman computer. He is controlling everything on the island. He has made all of these impossible coincidences happen by controlling it. The three that have been taken, as I've said, have got special powers. They will be connected in their own way to a kind of different portable Superbrain computer thing. And it's right, as you said, Paul, it's all to go back with their parents, specifically their fathers, and something to do probably with, I don't know, their seed. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, genuinely, somehow their seed has been genetically reprogrammed to have super children. Um, anybody <laughs> want to say yes, Ian? I agree with you. I'm coming onto your side. Yes, Ian, I agree with you. Come on. Nah, not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened to the, the psychic battle, the game of chess? What happened to that? It's been won. <laughs> it's, Fair enough. It's been won. Uh, you've been listening to UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio, where I feel now that we've squeezed every last drop out of the fantastic series finale. But before you start panicking that it's all over and what are you going to do with your life now, don't worry, because we'll be back next week to ease the blow with a very special highlight show. We'll be looking back at the very best bits of Series 2, and you'll have another chance to hear some of Geeky Tom's interviews with the cast. We'll also be taking a look at some of your theories that incorporate everything we've learned from the finale, so please send these in to UKLost at channel4.com. A big thank you to all my panellists this week, Nikki, Paul, Tom, Janine, Joe, Andy and Sasha. Thanks very much. Thank you. I'm Ian Lee and remember, the button is back. It is imperative that the following information is disseminated to the widest possible audience. There is great danger. It is all real. Everything is real. The work that Rachel Blake has achieved has been astounding. Let us only hope that she has not been compromised. Together we can stop it, and so... Transmission begins. I'm Alvar Alzo. If you're watching this film, you already know and have worked with Gerald and Karen DeGroot, founders and masterminds of the Dharma Initiative. By now, you also know there are many research goals for our joint venture. What you may not know is why we have assembled the Dharma Initiative. Why we have assembled the brightest minds in the world and given them unlimited funds and access. As with all you have already been told, you are bound by your honor and commitment to keep what you are about to hear a secret. In a few weeks, after your induction counseling and survival training, you and your colleagues will be shipped to a top secret facility. The precise location of the facility is known only to myself, the DeGroots, the few high-ranking members of my organization. Why all the security? All the secrecy? The answer is simple. Your research is intended to do nothing less than save the world as we know it. In 1962, only years ago, the world came to the brink of nuclear war. The United States and the Soviet Union almost fulfilled the promise of mutual assured destruction. A promise they continue to foster through a destructive Cold War. After the Cuban Missile Crisis, both nations decided to find a solution. The result was the Valenzetti Equation. Commissioned under the highest secrecy through the UN Security Council, the equation is the brainchild of the Italian mathematician Enzo Valenzetti. It predicts the exact number of years and months before humanity extinguishes itself. Whether through nuclear fire, chemical and biological warfare, conventional warfare, pandemic, overpopulation, his results are chilling, and attention must be paid. Valenzetti gave numerical values to the core environmental and human factors in his equation. Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, and forty-two. Only by manipulating the environment, by finding scientific solutions to all of our problems, will we be able to change those core factors and give humanity a chance to survive. Although the equation has been buried by those who commissioned it, panic. It has always been my belief that we ignore warnings at our own peril. And thus, the Dharma Initiative was born. Dharma is an acronym for Department of Heuristics and Research on Material Applications. It also stands for the one true way. And through your research, you will help humanity. We have constructed several stations on the island. Underground laboratories with the facilities you'll need to do your research with the optimal expediency. All of the support you'll need, including regular medicine and food drops, will be made in perpetuity. A radio transmitter has also been erected on the island, broadcasting in a frequency and encryption known only to us. 
the transmitter will only broadcast the core numerical values of the valence at the equation. When, through your research, you manage to change the numerical value of any one of these factors, when you have created through science the... We will know that the one true way has been found. That is the work to which you have committed yourself. Change the core values of the Valenzetti equation, and you will change the course of destiny. The fate of the human race is in your hands. Thank you, and namaste. We all know what happened. The Dharma Initiative failed. And in spite of every effort of the Foundation, we are gripped in the tyranny of those six numbers. We have tried to change those values by manipulating the environment in many, many ways. We have done our level best. And yet, this inscrutable <coughs> equation keeps bringing us back to the numbers. So now, we have to take radical action. And I just want to tell all of you that I trust you to do what is best. The villages of Falam and Bitu Walami have allowed us to test our vaccine on them. They think they're infected with a virus carried by local macaques. And they believe we are bringing them the cure. So when you go in, you have to keep up the story. You know it by heart. Don't waver. When the deaths begin, you must comfort everyone with compassion and empathy. And the bodies of the dead must be brought to this station immediately for a full genetic workup. We must make absolute certain we are hitting precise genetic targets we have engineered into the virus. The optimal mortality rate is 30%. Our operatives at the Dick Institute have verified this figure. More or less people succumb, we have failed. We need not take any more lives than is absolutely necessary. Yes? Tom, these are people, innocent human beings, and we're just... You knew with mathematical certainty that you could end all famine, war, and poverty. What would you do? Exactly. You'd find the best way to get it done. Precisely, surgically, without allowing for any more suffering than is absolutely necessary. It is not fair that innocents have to die so that we can perfect this virus. But I promise you, someone is going to help. Is there something reflecting in the back? Oh God! Somebody, somebody, grab her! been listening to a download from channel 4 to find more downloads like this go to channel4radio.com